I'm Brad Whitaker. Welcome to the Sideline Dissonant. Uh, Today is going to be a little bit different. Uh, lately, I've been writing out my entire program and putting it on a teleprompter and just kind of reading it off. Today, I just decided to outline what I'm going to talk about Uh to try to sound a little more authentic, still playing around with the format a little bit, but uh, just over these next few episodes, over the next couple of weeks, it might sound a little bit different, and that's because I think people tend to value authenticity quite a bit. I mean, look who we elected as president, even if the speech isn't so fluid, so I'm actually going to just give talking a chance rather than, you know, pre-planned teleprompter talk, uh, but we'll see what works out, and eventually I'll figure out the perfect format for this program, uh, but today I'm going to talk about the New York Yankees, they just fired Joe Girardi this morning, and that shocked everyone, uh, I'm also going to talk about Lonzo Ball and what we've seen out of him, what I like and what I do not like, and then I'll also talk about the World Series and how it's proven our diagnosis of what's wrong with baseball is just completely false, and I'll get to that at the end of the episode, uh, but first... This morning, again, the New York Yankees fired Joe Girardi, and it's come as a bit of a surprise because the New York Yankees, let's face it, they overachieved this season. I know us Red Sox fans are tired of Yankees fans using, oh, we were just rebuilding as an excuse for why they lost Game 6 and 7 of the ALCS, but it's true. They were just rebuilding. Most people thought the Yankees were two years behind where they currently are, uh, and Many predicted they would be the last team in the American League East, and obviously they didn't win the division, but they went further than the Red Sox, who did win the American League East. Uh, and, and it sounds like the Yankees have a pretty damn good farm system, and there's some players coming up that we still haven't seen that could be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, so it is a bit surprising after Joe Girardi led this Yankees team to Game 7 of the ALCS, when nobody expected them to even be a 500 team, that he would be fired, but... Uh, there were some rumors heading into the offseason that Joe Girardi might quit, and that's because it sounds like his relationship with general manager Brian Cashman wasn't very good. Uh, but let me try to make some sense of why I think the Yankees fired Girardi, and I, I would love to hear from you in the comments to see if you think I'm correct with this assessment. Uh, I think it has everything to do with the Dodgers, the Houston Astros, and all the home runs that we have seen in Major League Baseball in the last year. And I also think the Yankees fired Girardi for the same reason the Red Sox fired John Farrell, uh, and that's because the analytics in baseball have changed so much just in the last three years. Uh, it's, it's moved away from the sort of money ball philosophy of we want long at bat, we want them, we want to work up pitch counts, uh, we care about on-base percentage, we care about OPS, and now it's a little bit more about we want a lot of extra base hits, we don't care as much about strikeouts, we don't care as much about swinging up the first pitch, we don't care about as much about hitting singles, uh, we just want people to get to second base with runners in scoring position because that's how you win in Major League Baseball. And it seems the teams that have employed that strategy the most in the last few years, uh, the Astros, the Dodgers, the Cubs to an extent, have been the most successful. And look, we all know the New York Yankees have a lot of money and they've hired a lot of analytical gurus in the front office. And it doesn't sound like Joe Girardi had the best relationship, not just with Cashman, but with those highly intelligent, very well-compensated analytical gurus. And, and and the Red Sox are the same way. They're the second richest team in baseball, I think. So they, they don't want to have a manager like John Farrell that doesn't care about 
analytics as much as, say, an Alex Cora would be, which explains why the Red Sox jumped to hiring Alex Cora before he was even done with his season with the Astros. So, I think the Yankees firing Joe Girardi has everything to do with the trends that baseball is going, and they've said, all right, look, we built up this great farm system over the last five or six years. Uh, Girardi led this team, which overachieved, to Game 7 of the ALCS. Now we should stick with a more analytically-minded manager to get this franchise where we want it. And here's the scary thing. I think they made the right choice because the Yankees... This year's Yankees team is probably going to be the worst Yankees team we've, we see between now and the next five years. They're only going to get better. And if they hire an analytically driven manager out of this, just like the Red Sox did with Alex Cora, it's going to be tough to beat the Yankees down the road considering their high payroll and that the, the fact that they have this farm system of young guys who aren't being paid anything right now that they can give large contracts to if they succeed. All right, uh, moving on to the NBA, the Lakers... One last night in overtime against the Washington Wizards. Ball versus wall game. Uh, Now, Lonzo Ball didn't play very well in terms of scoring. And I think we all knew going into the season, it would take Lonzo Ball a little while to develop a shot because he still shoots the ball like this. Uh, But I've been very impressed with Lonzo Ball. More so than... I was expecting, and, and and here's the thing, I was a Lonzo Ball fan, and I don't particularly like LeVar Ball, although I do think his business strategy is somewhat brilliant, uh, but Lonzo Ball, I didn't expect him to be rebounding the way he is, and to be passing, I mean, I knew he was a good passer, but I didn't expect him to be near 8-10 to 10 assists and rebounds every single game. And it got me thinking last night, it's probably not going to happen this year. It's definitely not going to happen this year. Uh, it's probably not going to happen next year. But at some point, I think Lonzo Ball will average a triple-double. Now, the weird thing about it is of all three categories, points, rebounds, and assists, the biggest hurdle right now for Lonzo Ball averaging a triple-double is the points category, not the rebounding or the assists. And I think we could have an interesting case down the road where there's a player like Lonzo Ball, and we've seen this with Rajon Rondo, although I don't think he's ultimately... Rondo is ultimately not going to be as good of a player as Lonzo Ball is, uh, but... We've seen this with Rondo where you'll get like 12 assists, 10 rebounds, and then he'll score like three points. And I think Lonzo Ball in a few years, we may see something where a season where he averages like 13 points a game, but he dishes out 14 assists and grabs 12 rebounds. And then the question is, do you give him the MVP? I mean, by the standard in which we gave Russell Westbrook the MVP, which was if he averages a triple-double, he deserves the MVP, then if Lonzo Ball is able to average a triple-double, but he only averages about 13 points a game, does he deserve the MVP? Now, my argument is yes. I think he deserves... If Lonzo Ball has a stat line of 13 points a game, 13 assists, and 12 rebounds, I think that is more worthy of an MVP award than Russell Westbrook, who averaged, I don't at the top of my head, I don't remember what they were, but it was it was close to like 33, 11, and 10. Because over 80% of Russell Westbrook's rebounds last season were uncontested. Most of them came after free throws, where his teammates just said, all right, well, let Russell have him, have him bring the ball up court. Now, 
Lonzo Ball is going to earn legitimate triple-doubles, and his scoring isn't going to be the primary part of his game. So, I think we can end up with a situation in a few years where Lonzo Ball is the best player in the league, but only averages about 13 points per game, and I think that's a good thing. I think we need to get away from points-per-game totals, because had Russell Westbrook sort of played more of a traditional point guard role instead of building up his assist total last season through driving and kicking, I think he would have been a worthy MVP. I wouldn't have voted for Russell Westbrook for MVP just because I think his assists were mostly drive and kick. Um, His shooting percentages weren't great, particularly from three-point, and his rebounds were definitely not legitimate considering most of them, over 80% of them, were uncontested. So, Uh, Lonzo Ball, I think, could be the first player since Oscar Robertson to legitimately average a triple-double, and then when that happens, it's going to be an interesting conversation. All right, moving on to baseball. Uh, Last night was Game 2 of the World Series, and it was one of the best postseason games in a while. I I think it was the best postseason game since... Uh, well, it was like, I think it was Game 6 of the World Series when the Rangers played the, the Cardinals, and the Rangers were one striker, one out away from winning it all, and they blew it. Uh, I thought this game last night topped it because there were tons of home runs. It went into extra innings. Dodgers fans thought they had the game won. They brought in Kenley Jansen, the most automatic closer in the league, uh, with, two, with a two-run lead, and they couldn't complete the game. Uh, it was a pretty exciting one, and the weird thing about it is the game was a really, really long one. And if most people, and I think most people thought that was the best postseason game we've had in a very long time, if most people think that's the case, and the game went into extra innings, lots of home runs, and the length of the game was long, then can't we throw out the premise that the length of baseball games is what's wrong with MLB? Because I, I here's what I argue. If you're complaining about the length of games, then don't you just hate baseball? Isn't that all it is? So why are we going out of our way to put in pitch clocks and to make sure that the commercials are shortened between innings? Because really all that matters in Major League Baseball, what keeps people engaged is situational urgency. That's it. All right, And when you have two runners on in the bottom of the ninth with two outs and an automatic closer on the mound and you have fans in the crowd that are hoping Kenley Jansen can strike people out so they can win the game and then all the tension's broken because an Astros hitter gets an extra base hit and ties the game or hits a home run, that's what makes baseball great. It has nothing to do with the length of the game. And if you're complaining about the length of the game, then you just don't like the sport. I mean... Last year's, or this year's Super Bowl uh, between the Patriots and the Falcons, that was a really long game. Nobody complained about the length of the game. And nobody's complaining about the length of Game 2 of the World Series last night because it was exciting and there was a ton of situational urgency. So, you know, that's why I argue Major League Baseball should expand the postseason. If the NBA is going to have their playoffs, and the NHL have their playoffs go on for three months, and the NFL is going to have a playoff that goes on for almost a month and a half. Why is baseball just sticking with a three-and-a-half-week postseason? It doesn't make sense. Expand it to eight teams uh, or expand the wild card. We need more playoff games because Major League Baseball needs more situational urgency. That's what keeps fans engaged, and it's what keeps 
people who aren't even that into baseball watching baseball. There's so many people that watch the World Series that don't watch baseball the rest of the year simply because of the situational urgency that comes out of it. And that's why postseason baseball really is the best playoffs in sports. Because of that. Because of situational urgency. And the length of the games do not matter. So just remember that next time you're talking to your friends and they go, well, you know, baseball games are just too long. How much baseball do they really watch? Okay? They just don't like baseball. Don't cater to people that don't like baseball and expect them to watch it. Expand the things that work well which is situational urgency. So that's it for today's episode of The Sideline Dissonant. Maybe I'll go back to a scripted show tomorrow. Uh, Let me know in the comments what you prefer. If you prefer, you know, watch my previous episode. Uh, If you prefer me speaking off a teleprompter, maybe I'll do that more. Or you prefer me to just write an outline on a computer and to just sort of wing it from there. Uh... That might be better. It's certainly easier to do it this way than writing out a script. Uh, So let me know. And be sure to uh, download the app, the Sideline Distant, from the App Store and turn on notifications. Uh, I'm trying to get these shows live on Facebook Live four days a week. uh, But the technology, I'm still trying to master. So please be patient with that. Until tomorrow, I bid you adieu. (laughs) 